Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Yeah, great to have your company. Uh, we're due to uh, track down Paul Wade. I know Wadey very well, actually. And uh, sometimes you need to get an APB out to try and track him down. We will get him. There's no problems about that. But uh, at the moment, we're just trying to get him. Wade, he's a very busy man. Does a lot of speaking engagements these days. And uh, in recent years, uh, he's been talking a lot about his own personal condition. He's been going to schools and businesses. Uh, He has epilepsy. And he often makes appearances at functions dedicated to promoting awareness of his condition. Uh, he's a very interesting human, is Paul Wade, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on very, very shortly. In the meantime, uh, we've got the first test of the summer happening on Wednesday at Optus Stadium. Australia taking on the West Indies. Uh, a bit later in the program, you'll hear from all-rounder for Australia, our very own Cam Green. He's coming up in just a while. Well, it's great to reconnect with this gentleman. We go back a long way we've called many a football game together and uh, I've crossed his path and he's crossed mine and now we're similar vintage uh, we're heading towards retirement when it comes to years but uh, he's still a very busy man Paul Wade how are you going <laughs> Pete, when I talk to you, it just cheers me up no end. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe lovely uh, to talk to, to you, mate. Uh, yeah, lovely to hear you too, Wadey. Uh, how are you going, by the way, health-wise? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. I've um, Obviously, you know that I've had epilepsy. I've had part yeah. of my brain removed. Um, I'm fit as a fiddle. Hey, guess what? I turned 60. I've just become a granddad. Good on you. Congratulations. I get two free donuts at Donut King. <laughs> How good is it being a grandparent? Because I became a grandparent about 20 months ago. It's, a, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, dead right. Fill them up with sugar and hand them back. Did Arnie pump up the Socceroos with sugar the other night against Tunisia? That was a grand old <laughs> performance, wasn't it? That was terrific. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, when the, the, you hear some of the things that Arnie's saying at the press conferences, you know, he hasn't slept for a, a few days because he just wants a victory for all the fans back at home. And, and then he shows them vision of Federation Square in Melbourne going off when they did score that goal against France. And just to give the players a little bit, bit of belief in they're not on their own. The whole country is behind them. It's things like that that makes you think, you know what, Arnie and all the boys, you deserve this. You deserve the profile that you've got at the moment and the belief we have in you. 
It's amazing. You are known as Mr. Socceroo. Even though you were born in the UK, you came out as a very wee lad here to Australia, but you embrace the Australian culture and helped develop the code over many years. After all, I think you represented Australia a staggering about 84 times in eight internationals. But the only thing you didn't take part in, Wadey, was a World Cup. Uh, you were there in, through the qualifying period in 1990 when they ended up in Italy. That's where the World Cup was in 94 in the United States. But uh, apart from that, you did everything. But you must be proud that Australia now is a regular feature at the World Cup. Absolutely. And uh, it makes me even more proud when these so-called experts say this is the worst team we've ever seen to a World Cup. And yes, we've qualified for five, but are we getting any better? There's something wrong with us. I love that sort of crap. I mm. really do, because the people who are saying it go running for cover when it all comes undone on that park in 90 minutes. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's um, everything you dream of as a footballer and you watch on the TV is coming to fruition right now. We, we dream of scoring that goal like Mitch Duke. We dream of singing the national anthem on the biggest stage in sport. And they're doing it. These unknowns, there's no Premier League players there. They're all working very, very hard at lower levels. And they're stepping up and going, yeah, it doesn't matter what's on paper. Let's play out on the park, shall we? It's interesting, actually, because I know a lot of football people in term of soccer, as we know in Australia, you know, falsely in some ways. But how all of a sudden mainstream media has really jumped onto it. It was the front page of our Sunday paper yesterday. It led, I think, uh, one of the commercial news bulletins last night. All of a sudden, everybody's now become a Socceroo fan and jumped on it. What's it like in Melbourne when it comes to mainstream media? I suppose they've all jumped on as well. Yeah, yeah they have in a way, and it's only because the AFL's not being played. No, you know yeah. what? I, um, I, I can't remember the journalist's name, but he said, you know what? Lady, football or soccer or whatever you want to call it can be the biggest game in the universe, but it will never be the biggest game in Melbourne. And I yeah. thought, that's probably because of you and people like you who refuse to uh, acknowledge it. No, no, we'll, uh, we'll take our place. And you might only know about us for every four years, but when we do see you in four, every four years, we will be playing at a level beyond anything you could imagine. Wait, let's go back to the current World Cup. I am broadcasting a game uh, every night, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It is, certainly is a late night uh, every night. But last night I covered Belgium and Morocco, and little did I expect that Morocco to beat Belgium by two goals to nil. There's always a major disappointment in every World Cup, and there's always a, uh, a long shot that's all of a sudden... Uh, gets people to take notice of what they're achieving. Belgium with De Bruyne and all the other players that they've got in their side, uh, they're a very talented unit. What's wrong with them? Did you catch any of it last night against Morocco? Uh, the North African nation played them off the park in many ways. They did. What about the crowd too, Pete? How yeah. Annoying. yeah. And I don't know whether that was dubbed over the top of the game, but I tell you what. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of expats, actually. There's a lot of expats uh, living in Qatar from North Africa, and that's why Tunisia had so many, and also uh, Morocco last night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that crowd was, was brilliant. If you'd have turned the volume down, you'd have gone, geez, they're playing well. But you had the, you turned the volume back up, and there's no wonder they were playing out of their mm. skin. I thought, mm. the, I found out that the keeper had. Uh, I think he'd 
not conceded in what nine hours of football, you've got yeah. to have a pretty solid defence there, don't you? Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that these results are jumping up. I mean, Japan beat Germany, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, uh, Iran. Who did Iran knock off? I've had so many games. I can't. And then you had uh, and then you had Costa Rica, of course, beating Japan last night after copping seven against Spain. So the reason I asked the question, Belgium for me have been the yeah. major disappointment. Argentina bounced back. Germany, in some ways, got out of jail, scoring a late goal against Spain last night uh, to keep their flickering yeah. uh, hopes alive of getting to the last sixteen. Could Australia be the surprise packet as they prepare to face France in a couple of days' time? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, because I'm sure. Imagine you're a Dane and you're sitting there and you're having a, a, a coffee with your mate. But what's the what's the one thing you're talking about? Oh, well, we've got three points against Australia. That's the mm. way they'd be. We're just excited to be in a position where we could surpass what, or at least equal what the 2006 Golden Generation did. This is a special moment for us. I can imagine in their camp they're going. Well, it's only Australia. We didn't even know they played football down there. Um, this is this is going to be a very, very poignant moment in Australian football if we get this group of footballers through to that round of 16. When you look at the squad, uh, Paul Wade, uh, is there any particular individual that really is oppressing you more than the others? Is it one of the young crop? As we know, there's a quite a, a healthy spread of A-League players in that soccer squad. Is there a couple of players that you really are enjoying watching? Yeah, Goodwin. I love the way he gets that ball and runs at players. He always has. He always will. He's a good He's always been a good footballer, but now he's just playing with a great deal of confidence. And the other one, you'd, you'd appreciate this, Harry Suter. Yes. How well is he playing? My wife is related to somebody who lives in Stoke, who loves Stoke City Football Club, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were so cheesed off when he got picked for the Socceroos because he'd only played two games for Stoke before he came into camp, and they were so nervous. he He'd been out for 12 months. I said, he's never going to be able to do that. Wow. Did you see the stats on Harry Suter? The passes, the, the tackles that he made. and Yeah, it was brilliant. What a great story. Yeah. Saying that, what is uh, Australia's chances against Denmark, Wadey? Uh, we know all the, the continents play differently. Tunisia played differently. They tend to go through the middle Tunisia, which I thought probably suited Australia. While in the case of France, they certainly use the flanks and that caused Australia a bit of grief. I reckon Denmark will probably play the same way. Is that of a concern, the fact that they might try and stretch Australia? Yeah. (laughs) If there's one area, until Harry did what he did with uh, Matty Ryan Bates, uh, as is Bayich, uh, I just thought if there's any area that we just lack a little bit of I don't know, solidarity, just concrete would be the back four because it's Mm -hmm. chops and chains so many times. So, yeah, especially in the middle, boy, we got found out against France, didn't we? Those little balls played around the six-yard box, whether it be in the air or on the ground, we were made to look fools. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. One thing's for sure... Uh, two sets of players will come off that ground after 90 minutes exhausted. Yeah, they will be. They've given everything. So saying that, Wadey, just one final question before we, I'll let you go and have a chat to you about what you're doing currently in schools and, of course, businesses as well. Uh, if Australia don't get through 
How would you review this campaign? Naturally, if they get through, it is just unbelievable. It is a great story, uh, one of the great yeah. stories in Australian uh, football history. But if they don't get through and just miss out, how would you review this campaign? I would say, and, and I'm basing this on all the crap that I hear from these so-called experts, is that we failed. We're not failures. We failed. Duh. It's not that hard. If we all quit and threw the baby out with the bathwater every time we, uh, we didn't beat the reigning World Cup holders, France, then I don't know. Why, why bother? So yeah. for me, that attitude of it's the performance, not the outcome. That's what I would be thinking. What was our performance like against uh, Tunisia? Brilliant. What was the performance like against Denmark? It's going to be great. Not the outcome. People are basing things so much on the outcome, they're making me depressed, Pete. I'm starting to get <laughs> Well, we don't, want to, we don't want you to get depressed. So let's talk about the great work you're doing, Wadey. You're doing a lot in schools, a lot in businesses. You're a passionate man. Uh, you do a lot of research and help others. Tell us exactly what you're doing in relation to the uh, schools and businesses. Uh, I know you're doing a lot of uh, speeches and having a chat. Tell us some yeah. of the work you're doing. I, through Paul Wade Life Skills, I, I just basically, Pete, I'm very privileged to be able to do this. We've all got loads of great stories. I'm, I'm just privileged to be able to tell mine, whether it be Mark and Maradona and the stress that goes along with it and how I dealt with it, or being the first captain ever dropped from the national team against Canada in two World Cup qualifiers, having brain surgery. There are so many, and, and I bet you've got them, Pete, Stories of resilience, stories of taking ownership of something, you know, planning. How did I get my shirt back to play against Diego Maradona? What sort of things did I have to put in place to do that? So that's what I do. I relate all my football and health stories to uh, to people's lives. I've done these presentations in jails, people. Uh, I don't know what those people had done. They, they were only kids. It was juvenile justice centres. And I've told those stories, and it, it resonates with these kids. As much trouble they're, they're in, it, uh, yeah, it just clicks. And having brain surgery, Pete, with my short-term memory loss, the thing is, the great thing is, I hide my own Easter eggs. <laughs> I remember, Wadey, when I met you a few years ago, actually, you showed me the scar. As soon as I met you, I said, Wadey, how are you going? He says, Pete, I'll show you something. And then you showed me the scar <laughs> on your head, which was unbelievable. Mate, you're a, you're a great man. You do so much for so many people. You're an, out, you're an outstanding footballer in your time. No one plays 84A internationals for Australia if they, they don't uh, know what's going on. So congratulations. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us. And, mate, come west. I know COVID's now over and we're a bit more or freer to travel, I reckon you'll be in demand if you come over here to Perth because I reckon everybody will want to have a piece of you. So get over here as soon as you can. It'll be great to catch up. God bless you, Pete. See you, mate. Bye. Good on you. Paul Wade joining us here on uh, Sports Day on this Monday. Uh, really good fella. And he is. He's got so many stories to tell. And he's just uh, wrapped it up there. And that's why he's in such high demand in the eastern states to talk about the Paul Wade story. In fact, he did write a book, uh, uh, a biography about his life. And that's true. He, uh, I met him uh, just shortly after he had that brain surgery. And he said to me, have a look at this. And he showed me the scar on his head. Uh, a wonderful man and a good fella. 28 past.
past five here on Sports Day. Back with more. Cam Green will feature him next on the other side of this.